Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as me members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You may be seated. My name is Alan. My name is John. And together we teach a class called Multi-Ethnic Conversation. I have the great privilege of ministering to Hispanics in Hainesville and helping them to know the love of Jesus Christ. Multi-ethnic conversation is important to me, first of all, because this, uh, this is biblical. But this is what God wanted Jesus wanted to be. Because we follow Jesus, we are called to forgive one another. Well, good morning. Yes, I hope everybody had a great uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and we're glad that you're here worshiping with us this morning, and uh, what a great weekend it's been so far. We are in the final uh, message of our series, One Another, and we're looking forward to the Christmas and Advent season coming up, but today we really want to think about this closing message as we've talked about, you know, beginning with loving one another, and then we got into serving one another have equal concern for one another. And then last week we talked about praying for one another. And it was so cool this week to, uh, to pray through all these cards that you left on the pews this past week with your names on it. Many, many of you wrote prayer requests. And to tell you what, it, it, took, it took a number of hours to get through these. And it was, a, it was just an awesome privilege to be praying for everybody here, especially before Thanksgiving. And so, you know, if you were here last week and you had your name, or you, some of you put many, many names on one list, and I appreciated that. We prayed for all of those. And it was just interesting to get through and to see your requests. And it was also interesting to find out that there are a couple of you whose handwriting is even worse than mine. <laughs> Yeah, yes, but, uh, but I think we de deciphered everything, and if not, you know, God knows, and uh, he knows who wrote, and even, even those who gave us your first name, God knows who wrote that, and your needs, and so we lifted those up, and, and it was just a great privilege to pray for you, so thank you for doing that. Every week, you can mark a prayer request on that card, and our staff prays for you, and so uh, we want you to know that, and uh, just encourage you to let us know uh, your prayer requests so that, indeed, we can be praying for one another, and we can be praying for you and lifting up your needs. Uh, today, though, that brings us to our final message, and we see from the verse that Suzanne read from us, uh, the scripture and the passage and the topic that we have today, and we was introduced to us by Alan and John, and that is to forgive one another. I think these are maybe getting tougher as we go. 
Forgive one another. It's interesting, though, this is the 13th verse of Colossians. Paul understands, I believe, that if we're really going to forgive one another, we kind of got to build up to it. We need to take care of some things, first of all, in our own lives, if we're going to forgive one another. In fact, he starts chapter 13 of Colossians by, by, by saying that um, we have been raised with Christ. And if we've been raised with Christ, we set our affections, we set our sight on things above and, and off of some of the worldly things, some of the earthly things. And then he starts talking about the things that are in our lives, if we're going to do that, that we need to get rid of. And he starts, we need to get rid of, we need to get rid of some malice. We need to get rid of some anger. We need to get rid of some rage. We need to get rid of some bitterness and, and things like that we need to get rid of in our lives if we're going to really forgive. Because how can you forgive if you're, if you're walking around with anger and rage towards somebody in your life? You can't do that. And then he takes the next step and he says, you put those off and then you got to put some things on. And he says, in fact, um, he says there's things you got to put on in the next verse. is God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He says, he says, you need to prepare yourself for this job that we have, this, this, this task that we've been given of forgiving. We just don't walk into to forgiving somebody without, first of all, looking at our own selves, without preparing ourselves. You know, you don't run a 5K without preparing. Well, some people do, but if you try it, it's not good, right? I was privileged Friday night to be down in Masson Jackson High School and watching our Kirtland Hornets win the state semifinal championship game, right? Yeah. Yes, heading to, head to the state championship again. Congratulations, coach and, and the team there. And, and uh, it was great to see, but I was not invited into the post-game um, talk with the coach, but I can imagine something, things he did not say. I'm guessing Coach Laverty did not say, hey, team, great game. We did great, and we won, and we're heading to the state championship. That's next Friday, and we'll see you then. <laughs> no, no. He says, no, no, no. We, it's a, you know, we, do, we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of preparation to do. We're facing the defending state champs. We got to get revenge on these guys. We want to win. And so we got work to do. We got work to do. We got to start right now. And Paul is saying, if you want to forgive, if you're going to take this seriously, you can't do it with this heart of anger. You can't do it with this heart of malice. You need to put on some things like, like, like grace. You've got to put on some things like compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. You need to, you need to learn how to relate to people because these are all relational issues. When, when you have patience, people see that. When you have compassion, people see that. When you have gentleness, people see that, and it impacts how we relate with each other. And so he said, don't, don't try forgiveness. Don't even try it. Don't even try it if you haven't dealt with your own self first. And that's this morning. That's this morning what I want us to hear. Take care of ourselves. Make sure that we are ready. We are God's chosen people, he says. He points out here and throughout Colossians, he says, we are God's chosen people. We are God's special people. We are, uh, we are identified with him. We are part of the body. We are part of the community. And as that, we are to be forgiving towards one another. Get rid of the anger. Get rid of the rage. Get rid of the malice. Be strong. Don't try to forgive without these virtues. All right? So then he starts off in verse 13. He instructs us in our relationships. He says, first of all, bear with each other. 
What does bear with each other mean? Uh, to me, sometimes it means put up with each other. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, 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 can, I can put up with you. But I think he means so much more than that. So much more than just putting up with each other. And back bearing here means to, to overlook, to, to don't take offense. Sometimes when you bear a burden, you actually support that person, right? It's like, hey, it, it's not that big a deal. We can deal with this, and, and, I, and I don't have to, I don't have to, every, not every issue is a confrontational issue. If I've been hurt, if I've been insulted, there's times where you, you need to say, you know, maybe that person just had a bad day. Maybe they were just struggling in their life. Bear with each other. I remember when I was leading worship, and I led worship for 20 years, approximately, in my, in my, my home church, and led the bands and everything, and I just remember one night we had a, what I would call a, it was, well, it, was a, it was a late practice. We would practice for the next Sunday, and we had a late practice because there was something going on at the church, and I, I don't know what it was, but I, I, well, I know what it was. We'd had a congregational meeting, that's why we were late. And for some reason, I just wasn't in the greatest mood. Has anybody ever not been in the greatest mood? Yeah, no, your hands aren't needed. And we get up, and we're running behind, and I want to get home, and, and we're getting up there, and, and our piano player is sitting over there, and, and she said something, something that it wasn't about her even, but it just got me angry, and, and I just, I said things that I shouldn't have said. Have you ever done that? Yeah. It not only said things I shouldn't say, but in an attitude, in a way that I shouldn't have said it. Now, I tell that story. What makes this worse is our piano player was our pastor's wife. So, 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 yeah, you know, you kind of get the feeling. But I just remember the next week I came back. It was or a Sunday we came back together. And I said, I got, I got to apologize to Sharon. You know, she's, you know, I said, Sharon, I'm sorry. I, that wasn't even you. I was blown off at. And she, and you know what she said? Oh, Steve. Yeah. I. It says, in fact, she turned it on me and she said, you know, I know. And her, her husband is type one diabetic, and I had been recently diagnosed with type two, and I was struggling to keep my sugar levels. She goes, I know, I know what happens when sugar levels get high, and I just kind of assumed maybe you were having some problems with your sugar. And uh, by the way, how you doing? That's bearing with one another. That's just saying, hey, you know, no offense taken. I, I, that's I, you know, I, I just you were having a bad day. You know, you got up on the wrong side of bed. You know, that's bearing with one another. And I think that's what Paul says. You know, it's not everything is, not everything is, is a category five blow up. Sometimes it's just these little category one storms. And sometimes you just say, hey, that's, you know, no, no, no apology even needed. I understand. I've been there myself. I've walked in your shoes. Bear with one another. We all need some wiggle room now and then, right? But then he goes on and says, and forgive one another. If any one of you has a grievance against someone. Now again, when Paul is writing this, he's, he's writing, certainly we take it as individuals, but he's writing to the church. And he's saying, forgive one another. If any grievance, he doesn't say, he doesn't say just a category uh, one grievance or category two grievance or category three. He says any grievance. The category fives, the 170 mile an hour winds, the storm that destroys. He says, forgive one another. It's not just the Colossians he tells that. He says almost the exact same thing in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Forgive one another. Bear with one another. Care with one another. That's how the body of Christ functions. 
We forgive. We bear. Finally, he says this. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Wow. The same way, the same measure, the same motive. How did Jesus forgive you? How did Jesus forgive me? May I suggest he forgave freely and he forgave fully, completely, everything. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. As Christ forgives us. How is that? As I was thinking about that, I actually want us to turn to a, another passage this morning. So if you have your Bibles open, hopefully you do. There's those in the pews. If you flip to a, another story, uh, a story from Jesus, a parable that Jesus told, it's found in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Jesus addresses this topic of forgiveness with his disciples. And he says this in, in verse 21. Well, actually, he says first in response to Peter, Peter says, uh, came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Not just a little bit of context to this verse here. Up to seven times do I forgive? I can imagine what was going on in Jesus' mind right now. If you go back to the beginning of this chapter, it started with the disciples coming to him and saying, who's the greatest in the kingdom? I can imagine when Jesus heard that, kind of gritting his teeth and putting his head in his hands. And, ah, are these guys ever going to get it? You know that pained look you get in your face? Kind of like a Michigan fan had yesterday. Ah, okay, forgive me, bear me, bear, bear with me if you're a Michigan fan. Yeah. Okay. But you know that pain feeling. I can, these guys just don't get it. And so he starts to teach them. And he says, I tell you what, he said, talking to his disciples, it's, this is incredibly important here. You guys got to stick together. You guys are the future of the church. And he says, so I tell you what, if one of you has something against a brother, you need to go to him. And if you, if you can't make amends, you need to take somebody with you. And if that doesn't work, you need to take, the, the, take it to the church and try to reconcile and make this whole. And if not, we discipline not because we want to break a relationship, but because we want to heal that relationship. And so Jesus has been talking to them about hanging together, about being the, being the body of Christ, about, about being the church. And Peter pops up with, okay, so how many times should we forgive? Seven times? And actually, that, was, that would have been like, oh, wow, look how, look how spiritual I am. Because, because the rabbinic uh, thought at that point was that consensus was that you would forgive three times. Four strikes, you're out. Four strikes. And so he says, so I forgive seven times. And Jesus then, of course, counters with this. I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Times. I know some of your Bibles say 70 times 7. It, it really doesn't matter what, which, which uh, uh, interpretation you use. What Jesus is saying, we don't, we don't count. We don't keep track. Forgiving as Christ forgave us, there's no limit. It's unlimited. How have you been forgiven? 
You feel you have to forgive as Christ forgave us. We look and we say, how has Christ forgiven us? How deep is my sin? How great are my transgressions? And how willing am I to forgive? It's universal and it's unlimited. 70 times 7. And then he starts his parable. He starts a story to explain really what he means to the disciples. And he says this, there was a, there was a king, and it was time for the king to settle accounts with his servants. And so he calls in the, the one servant uh, who owed him big time. In fact, the Bible says he owed him a, 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 a 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents. I read anywhere this week that could be somewhere between $17 million and a billion. That's kind of a wide range, right? <laughs> the 17 million is trying to go directly somehow, or it was 12 million, I think, into, into but then they were saying, oh, but, but if you count for inflation and changes in the market for commodities and, and precious metals, you could get up to a billion dollars. The point is, he owed him more than he could ever pay. He owed him so much, this debt was never going to be, uh, never going to be paid. And he comes in and he says, I can't pay. And so he, uh, the, 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 the master, the king says, okay, if that's the case, then I'm going to sell your children, sell your wife, and all your possessions to, to pay back. But it's not even going to touch a piece of what he owes. But, but he has every right to do that. So he says, I'm going to go out and I'm going to sell them. And the man says, the servant says, oh, please have patience with me. Give, have patience, let me pay back. And the Bible tells us that the, the king had compassion on him, canceled the debt, and set him free. Not only did he not sell the wise wife and his, his children and his possessions, he set the man free. Jesus went on with the story, and he says, now this servant who had been set free went out, and he found somebody who owed him a hundred denarii. Denarii is about a day's work. So it's about a hundred days' work. Maybe about what you pay for a car is about what he owed him. Scripture says he saw him, he went up and he choked him, he said, give me my money back. And the man said the same thing. Please give me patience. I can do it. Let me do it. And he probably could have done it. And he says, no. And he threw him into prison. The story goes on that the other servants were so distressed that they went and told the king everything. Remember, I think I said a couple a week or two ago that somebody's always watching. <laughs> somebody's always watching you. Well, somebody was watching this guy. And the king heard the story. Verse 32, we pick it up there, it says this. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. A billion dollars? <laughs> Even 12 million dollars? How are you going to pay that back while you're being tortured? Doesn't work this way. We see in this parable that Jesus tells that there really are two motivations for our forgiveness. One is out of a grateful response of what God's done for us. A grateful response of Christ and his sacrifice that we in turn turn around and forgive our brothers and sisters. We forgive one another. The second is really a, a fear of punishment. And sometimes that's what works for some people. 
And Jesus says they're, they're both here. There's a grateful response and there's punishment. We need to forgive. That's a, that's a scary story, isn't it? And if Jesus had stopped there, it would have been scary enough. But then he adds one more line, and it's this, verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is how my Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Your whole heart. That innermost part of you. Wow. I know I tend to do things sometimes half-hearted. <laughs> you know, no real interest or passion or commitment to it. I just do it. Sometimes maybe that's how we offer apologies. Sometimes that's how we give forgiveness. Jesus says, with your heart, forgive. It's a canceling of a debt. In fact, the, the Greek, there's various words used for forgive, Greek words used for forgive in the New Testament. But the, this word that is used here as aphiomi, aphiomi, and it means to take away. The debt has been taken away. That same Greek word is used in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Take away, aphiomi, take away our sin and forgive. And forgive us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you willing to forgive? You know, if you don't hear anything else I have to say today, this next statement I want you to think about. Because if you really listen to that story of Jesus, and if you really listen to what he said afterwards, I think you would have to agree with me that Jesus takes the decision of whether or not to forgive one another out of our hands. It's not our call. Did you get that? Jesus takes a decision whether or not to forgive one another out of our hands. It's not our call. He says forgive. Forgive or you will be treated like this one who did not. You might say it's our duty. It's our duty forgive. In his book, Soul Care, uh, and I, I, it's just so unique, it's this, uh, this is a book that me and a few guys have been reading through and studying, kind of discipling and accountability to one another, and it's, it's a great book, Soul Care. Uh, there's a book on there, or the chapter in there on forgiveness, and it just happened that last Monday was the day, this Monday was the day we covered Forgiveness. And as I was reading through there, I'm thinking, wow, I did just read this chapter. <laughs> but I want to give you a quote or two from that. And Rob Reimer, who wrote that on this chapter, and duty, says this. Forgiveness is a matter of obedience, not a matter of more faith. Forgiveness is your responsibility and choice. Forgiveness is the duty of a faithful follower made possible by the grace he or she has received. He goes on, you have to choose to forgive. You have to resolve to release people from your debt. You have to determine not to get even, not to hold a grudge. It is the duty of the servant 
of the cross-bearing Savior. I think it's easy for pastors and all of us at times to avoid the, the, even the word or thought when we talk about Christianity of duty. We want to talk about, you know, the love of God and, and Jesus and mercy and grace. It sounds more attractive to people that way, and, and it might attract those. But, but with that love and with that mercy and with that grace comes duty. And he says, it's our duty to forgive. But, you know, I think about being attractive. What could be more attractive than being in a community, in a body, where everybody's forgiving one another? where everybody's bearing with each other, where, where our fences are, are taken, and, and then, oh, that's all right, that's all right. We have to choose to forgive. It's a duty. In fact, our verse, Colossians 3, 15, remember, says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgive you. All of us have been forgiven far, far more we have so much more of our sin, our mess-ups that God has forgiven than we will ever be asked to forgive. And he asks us to do it wholeheartedly. There's a different Greek word in this verse here. It's not that aphiomi. This word is, is, I got it here, charisme, charisme. My Greek's not real great. But what this one means is this means freely, a charity, to show grace, to grant a favor, to freely give a gift. And when we give, forgive, we are giving a gift. We are freely extending grace. And that's what God has done for us. He forgave us by extending grace and extending mercy. And that's what we're asked to do for others. Fully and freely. How do you forgive? Do you forgive wholeheartedly? Or do you forgive sometimes um, grudgingly? In, the, in his book, Soul Care, he, um, Dr. Reamer quotes, his name is Roger Barrier. He's an author and a teacher. And he gives a, a great illustration of this. And he says, he says sometimes the, the amount of our forgiveness doesn't equal the extent of the, um, of the hurt. And what we want to do is we want to match our forgiveness with her. And let, me, let me understand. Sometimes, sometimes you know, a, really a cup of forgiveness is all that's needed, or in a cup of apology is all that's needed. For example, if you were walking in here this morning, and I drove, and I wasn't really paying attention, and I almost hit you, you would come up to me maybe and say, hey, pastor, you know, you weren't driving real carefully this morning. Maybe you just want to, you know, slow down a little bit and keep your eyes open and not looking at your texting or anything like that. You know, I wouldn't do that, no. But you said, and, 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 you, and you're saying, that, that's, I mean, I didn't hurt you deeply. It's, it's nothing that's going to, you know, hopefully not harm you for the rest of your life. And so it's kind of a cup full of hurt. And so I, I would say, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I wasn't even thinking. And, and I offer a cup full of apology. And we do that sometimes. And sometimes in the church, that's all that's needed. But sometimes we offer maybe a, a cup full of apology when the person really has a five-gallon bucket full of hurt. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever had somebody that you've, you've hurt deeply and you go and, 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 and you apologize and say, oh, I'm so sorry. 
And they're, wait a minute, wait a minute. We need to talk about this. This is a, this is a five-gallon bucket hurt. And some of us experience a five-gallon bucket hurt. And when someone, someone comes to us and says, hey, I want to apologize, and we don't even want to talk about it. We just say, oh, you're forgiven. You know, cup full, cup full, forgiven. I'm going to go on. We never deal with the issue. Sometimes, sometimes forgiving is not just instantaneous. Sometimes forgiving is a process. And when it's deep, when, there, when the hurts are deep, when it's years and years of hurt, sometimes we've got to spend time. Forgiving is not just mumbling some words you're forgiven. Sometimes forgiving is to take time with people, to live with them, to, to cry with them. To say, I, I never understood. Reimer calls this, sometimes we need to emotionally listen and not just content listening. Sometimes we just hear what the content of what someone's saying. We don't, we don't hear the hurt. Are we, willing to, are we willing to both in our apologies and in our, um, and, and our sharing of hurts, are we willing to go deep with people? Or do we just cut them off and say, here's a cup, you know, very surface level forgiveness. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Do you think the Lord forgave us with a cup full of, <laughs> no. No, our need was a five-gallon bucket times, 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 times. And he pours it out. I can imagine Peter saying, hey, God, or to Jesus when he's talking to Jesus, hey, I've got, how much should I forgive my brother? You know, and he knew the, he knew the, the, the rabbi said three teaspoons. <laughs> how about a whole cup full? How about a whole cup of forgiveness? Is that enough? And Jesus say, oh, no, 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 no. You need the five-gallon bucket, Peter. <laughs> you need to really forgive people, not just with your words, not just with your mouth, but with, with your whole heart. Reach down and forgive each other. I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it's like to walk through 20, 15, 20, 25 years of non-forgiveness, of anger, of malice, of bitterness. What that does to us, and especially in the body of Christ. Another quote from Dr. Reamer says this, harboring unforgiveness is like putting up a welcome sign in our souls for the enemy to come in and wreak havoc. And he never rejects such an invitation. Satan will take the opening every time. And we cannot let him have that foothold. He gets in and, and, he, and he says, unforgiveness, aha, and I can get some bitterness. Now, now let's work on some rage and some anger. And now it goes into high blood pressure. <laughs> and it goes into other physical symptoms. And then emotionally we start to get overwhelmed because that bitterness is within us. Someone said, harboring bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yet people do it all the time, don't they? We offer forgiveness. But do we really mean it? Do we offer a five-gallon bucket full of forgiveness? Everything we have, with our whole heart. Let's talk about this. Let's get this resolved. Let's put this to bed. Let's forgive. And let's move on. One final quote from Dr. Reimer. He says this. If you do what God asks you to do, he will do what you cannot do. He will change your heart. He will change your heart. When you, you say, I, I, I don't know if I can do it. Well, God said, do it. God has said, we need to forgive. Go and forgive your brother and sisters. Well, when you do it, 
When you do what God asks you to do, he will do what you cannot do. And it begins here. Remember where we started? We said, Paul says, if, you, if you're going to try to change your heart, if you're, you're going to try to forgive, you better start here first. Don't try to forgive with that rage and malice. We need to get rid of it. Don't try to forgive with that bitterness in your soul. But that, put on this compassion and patience. Put on the grace and mercy and love of Jesus Christ. Put those on and then go forgive. And that's what the body of Christ needs. He'll change our hearts so that we can forgive from our hearts. He will change our hearts so that we can give from our hearts. And that's what, that's what Jesus said in this story in Matthew. Forgive from our hearts. Then he, Paul, wraps her up. And he kind of puts a bow on it all as he continues to understand, wants his people to understand this superficial just getting along isn't enough. That isn't enough. We got to go deeper and we got to care for each other and love each other. Level one is not good. Let's go deeper. So he follows this verse on forgiveness with this encouragement. He says this, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. He's talking about clothing yourself, and, and this love is, 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 an, is an overcoat that comes over and wraps up. When we love each other, we are serving each other. When we love each other, we are having equal concern for each other. When we love each other, we are praying for each other. When we love each other, we are forgiving one another. He says, so put on this outer garment of love. And then let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of the body, you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom and psalms, hymns and psalms from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, how do you respond to a word that we've heard this morning? I, you're probably not going to be surprised by the questions I'm going to ask you coming up. The only way to respond to this is to, first of all, search your heart. Am I, am I harboring all this anger and malice, bitterness? Or have I really taken on a heart of compassion and patience and love and mercy and grace? And then, who is it that I haven't forgiven? Who is it that I'm harboring that bitterness towards? And what kind of a foothold is it giving Satan? Who is it that I need to go and to say, hey, well, I, I, I need to forgive you. Because it's eating me up probably worse than it is you. I'm the one that drank the poison. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you know you've harmed somebody and you've been treating it as if it's uh, just some cup of, ah, uh, they'll just, it, it doesn't bother them. No big deal. They'll, they'll forget about it. And they're sitting there with this five-gallon bucket of hurt just waiting for you to come. Say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who is it? Who is it this week that we need to, in the body of Christ, the one another here, to settle an account, to, to come and say, I, I, I messed up. 
I'm sorry. It's, you know, sometimes, sometimes if we get right to something, we, for, we ask for forgiveness right away or we forgive somebody right away, but the longer and longer and longer it goes, it's like, well, that was three months ago. I shouldn't bring it up now. Bring it up now. Bring it up today. Bring it up this week. Lord, you have forgiven us so much. And as he forgave us, we are to forgive each other, right? Right? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your, your word. We thank you for the words of Paul. We thank you for the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who challenges us in this way, Lord, like we need to hear this morning. Lord, uh, we need to know that, that Lord, this, this Christian life is wonderful, and it's wonderful to live under grace and mercy and love. But, Lord, the duties that you call us to involve forgiving one another. I can't imagine you holding back on your forgiveness for me. How could I withhold forgiveness from another? Lord, I pray this morning that as we leave, if there's somebody on our hearts, on our minds, that we have harmed, Lord, help us to go and ask for that forgiveness. But Lord, if there's someone that's harmed us and we're just sitting there stewing about it, Lord, that we would go and we would, we would Lord, go in love and go in with this heart of, of patience and compassion and say, let's talk about this. I want to forgive you. Even if they don't accept it. Lord, may we be true, diligent, Faithful to your word. Lord, we know around this world there is a need for forgiveness. Lord, forgive us for not praying and lifting up the needs of our, of our world. Lord, we know there are those that are walking away from you and we pray your forgiveness on them. And Lord, we seek you today as the body of Christ here in Willoughby Hills, gathered together, Lord, that your forgiveness would reign as folks seek you. Lord, we pray for our president. We pray for our Congress. We pray for our Supreme Court. Lord, we, we pray for our missionaries around the world this morning. Lord, we pray for those who continue to suffer. Lord, those of our body who are mourning, Lord, who are, for the first time, going through a holiday with loved ones that have gone to be with you. Lord, we pray that you would encourage them and comfort them and support them. Lord, we know that there are some that would love to be here this morning, but they're, they're in hospitals or ill or whatever that may be. Lord, I pray that your presence would be with them. Lord, that your body that reaches out beyond these doors, that we would be one as you would have us to be one, that we'd be loving with each other, that we'd be caring for each other, that we'd be serving each other, and Lord, not put, taking equal concern for each other and praying for each other, and Lord, forgiving each other day by day, moment by moment as we, Lord, walk into this week. Lord, I want everybody here, everyone here to have that conscience, Lord, that is free from that bitterness and unforgiveness. Help us as we go. And help us never, ever, 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 ever to get complacent when we think about what we've been forgiven and what Jesus Christ went through to offer that forgiveness to us. 
so we thank you, we praise you, we worship you, and we give glory to you. Lord, help us this week in word and in deed to do all for the glory of God. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, before you go, just a reminder, this is the closing of our One Another series, and we are heading into the Advent season. On the back of your program are uh, a lot of information about Christmas Eve and things that are going on there, plan for that, about our Christmas uh, celebration on December 9th. Tickets are on for sale out in the lobby. Uh, looking forward to Cloverton being here, and it's going to be an exciting time. Invite your friends. Uh, this is, this, we're not advertising this on the fish or anything, the concert, but, but it's open, and we want your, you to invite your, your friends and your neighbors and, and have them here uh, with us as we celebrate, and all the other good things that are going on at, during the Christmas season. And finally, don't forget uh, the offering boxes are at the back, and if you have a prayer card, too, that you want to give us a prayer request, love to pray for you this week. Love to continue to lift you up in all your needs. So go, go and serve the Lord and forgive as you've been forgiven. You're dismissed.